Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for this first week in a series that we literally have been looking forward to probably for the past year. We've been sort of in process of putting this together. We didn't know when it would be. Uh, in fact, we called an audible. We were supposed to be in another series right now. We called an audible uh, back a few weeks ago before the Identity Series and planned it. So I don't know who this is for, but God, God sort of rearranged. We're typically six months to a year out, and how we do everything for that to happen, it doesn't happen a lot, but hopefully it'll be helpful to you. I want you to go ahead and take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of John, John chapter 14. We're going to camp out in one section of Scripture, but then we'll reference some others throughout. If you got your little worship guide, that little uh, folder on the way in, that's great to have. You can pin some notes in there. If you've got the app, that's an awesome way, because then you can uh, have a a catalog. I know it's easy to lose stuff, so you can have a cataloged way of keeping up with stuff. So let's talk about this. So someday soon is about heaven. Um, how many of you? How many of you uh, grew up hearing about a place called heaven? Raise your hand if you grew up hearing that. So it's funny statistically, most Americans. Most it changes Barna or or the different people that you you read Gallup. There are different percentages, but the overwhelming majority of people believe in a place called heaven. The overwhelming majority of people believe that they're going to go to heaven. So it's sort of a mutual thing. Not only they believe in heaven, they believe they're going to go when the subject of hell comes up. They don't think it's real, and they definitely aren't going there. All right, and so that's sort of statistically that breaks down. What's funny is we hear a lot about heaven. We don't know a lot about it. You know, it's, you get ready to go on a trip. You typically learn a lot about the place that you're going to go. So if you're going overseas and you're going to somewhere new, you read up on it, you study it. So when you arrive there, you've got a little better handle. Most people have heard a lot about heaven they would say, I don't know a lot about heaven. In fact, in church, we talk a lot about getting to this place called heaven, this ultimate home that I believe is, is for all of us, but we really don't tell you a lot about what that home is gonna be like. So North Star's been around for 22 years. It'll be 23 years this coming year, which is crazy to think. I think about that and think when North Star started, I was 28. I was a child, and now I'm 50, dear Lord. All right, and so this is not good. We need to go down years there. But in all the years, we've done one series in 22 years on heaven. It was called Blink. If you were here back, it was back in the day. It's been a while. Someday soon, this reality will be true for all of us. Statistically, the afterlife we believe is, is unless Jesus comes back is something we will all face. We don't, we don't believe that everybody goes to heaven. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that those who follow Christ go to heaven. Those who have a relationship with Christ go to heaven. And, and so today, if you're in this room and you're in True North in the chapel and you are, you're watching online today and you say, Mike, I know Christ. This is a reality of what's come. If you don't know Christ, it's sort of the thing on what you may be missing out on. The Bible has a lot to say 
about heaven. We're going to do our very best over four weeks to break it apart. But understand, this is an inexhaustible subject, and we'll, we probably won't even do it justice. If you want to read more about it, I'm going to go ahead and tell you at the beginning, there's a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Heaven, Heaven by Randy Alcorn. You can download it to your Kindle or go pick it up. It's a great, great book where a lot of our resource, he's just a guy that's fascinated with the subject and he's done a great job breaking down scripture and lots of other books. So let's dive in. John chapter 14. Let me set the scene for you, this conversation. Jesus is knowing he's at the end of his earthly term. So we know that he lived for 30 years. And then for three years, from age 30 to 33, he had what we know as his earthly ministry. He was baptized by his cousin John in the River Jordan. We know that they heard his father speak from heaven. We know that. And this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We know that when he came up out of that water, he began to gather his disciples and he entered into his earthly ministry, all right? So this has been going. Now, he had 12 guys that were his squad. They were his team. They were his guys. They were his compadres. They were the guys through thick and thin were right there with him. You had some other sort of outskirts people. You had Mary Magdalene and Lazarus and, and uh, Martha, and you had about 70 plus other followers that were, that were around him, that were sort of inner circle. The 12 were the guys. This conversation happens with the 12 because here's what's going through their mind. And, 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 and this won't make sense if you don't know what was going through their mind, all right? So here's what was going through the 12's mind. Man, we love Jesus and we believe he is the son of God and he is here to rule and reign now. That's what they believed, all right? He is going to take over because here's what they wanted eradicated. They knew he would be a military leader, right? And that's what they understood the Messiah to be. Second, they didn't want this earth to have any more suffering anymore. They didn't want this earth to have any pain anymore. They didn't want this earth to have any distance anymore. They didn't want this earth to have separation anymore. They didn't want, they didn't want any of the junk of this world to be present anymore. And if Jesus were on the throne, all of that would go away. That's what's in their brain. That's what's in their mind. If Jesus is gonna, is gonna do this, then we're gonna make it happen now. Jesus knew it wasn't gonna happen now. Jesus knew that the cross was in his eyes. He could see it. It was to come here in days from this conversation. And he wanted these guys to be prepared for a separation between earth and heaven and what it meant because when Jesus knew, when I disappear, they're gonna flip. That's, there's a Greek word called flip out. All right, they're gonna flip out. They're not gonna, they really isn't a Greek word. All right, and so, but they're not gonna know what to do. They're not gonna know how to handle it. So Jesus enters this conversation. John chapter 14, verse one. Would y'all stand with me today as we read God's word together? Jesus, remember he's in the, the room with his guys. He knows what they're going to walk through. He knows what they're going to feel. He knows what they're going to face. And he says this, let not your, what's the next word? Hearts. See, that word heart is not that blood pumping vessel. 
It really is. He's talking about the seat of our emotions. The seat of who we really are as people, that soul that's there. Let not your hearts be troubled. Guys, I don't want you to not understand what's about to take place. Let not your soul, let not this inner portion of who you are, I don't want it to be worried. I don't want it to doubt. I don't want it to quiver. I don't want it to to wander because you're going to. When you see me, and he's not saying this, but he's saying this, when you see me on the cross, you're going to wonder if everything was really what I said it was. Let not your hearts be, what's the next word? Troubled. How many of you know what troubled feels like? Raise your hand. I don't even have to describe it, do I? Troubled, there's a battle. Troubled, there's a question. Troubled, there's a, I wonder. I thought this and I don't know this. That's a troubled spirit. See, a confident spirit says, no, this is it. A troubled spirit says, I think, but I don't know. Let not your, and he's telling this to the guys, but I believe that in, he knew in 2019 we would all be standing in this room and there's some of us that walked in this room today with troubled spirits. Is this all real? Is this all true? Is, is heaven a real place? All those kind of things. Let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going to prepare a, what's the next word? Do you remember that? Guys, don't worry about it. I got you. And I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. I have done lots and lots and lots of funeral memorial services through the years. This is my favorite passage. I use other passages. My favorite passage to use. Why? Because in this little text, verses 1 through 3, Jesus, the Son of God, gives us a little pullback of the curtain of what's to come. He gives us a a tiny glimpse into something we really have a hard time putting our minds around. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Father, I ask that you use your word to speak. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will step into some troubled hearts. Some hearts that are ripped and some hearts that are broken and some hearts that are questioning God, I think of what Jesus said when he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. God, may our belief overcome our doubts today. God, we give you this time. Use it. Speak to us and teach us. God, we give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So, Traditionally, here's what would happen. This is why these words were so big back then. So this is so yesterday I was in Cleveland, Georgia. 
all right, which is nowhere near here, all right? And so I was in Cleveland, Georgia. I missed a great day of, high, of college football. But anyway, so I was in Cleveland, Georgia Tech one yesterday. That's a big day, all right? And so I was in Cleveland, Georgia yesterday for a wedding. It was my nephew. It was a while. It was, felt weird marrying off my little nephew. It just seemed like yesterday they came into this world, he and his, his twin brother, and, and yesterday I was marrying him off, and we're there. We do weddings all the time, and so we do premarital and blah, 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 all that stuff for couples. Now, what was different back then when Jesus was talking, he, he uses terms all throughout the New Testament called bride and bridegroom, all right? He would all, always reference that the church, the people are, are the bride of Christ, and he is the bridegroom. Now, let me tell you why I tell you all that. All right, and you're like, what does the wedding yesterday have to do with heaven? Hold on, I'm going somewhere. All right, and so I had a lot of Diet Cokes to get ready for this morning, so let's roll with me here real quick. Um, so back during this time when a couple would get married, and they were betrothed, that was what would happen, and so a boy would walk over to somebody's house and say, I'd like your your daughter is, is my wife, and I'm going to bring you a cow for it, all right? And they'd give you the, the, the dad, the cow, or whatever, and they'd pay, and, and they would be betrothed, okay? What would happen is when the girl accepted the proposal, the son, the boy, who's now going to be the bridegroom, would go back to his parents' house and begin to build a room for her. So they would add on, they wouldn't establish a new dwelling place, they would establish this dwelling place that was already there and he would add a room for her onto his parents' house. Dear Lord, I'm thankful that doesn't happen anymore. But anyway, so, hey, mom and dad, I wanna add a room on, what for? I'm bringing a woman home, all right? And so, that ain't cool. So when Jesus paints this picture, he is painting the picture of a bridegroom, listen, who is leaving to go and get a room ready to bring his beloved home. Does that make sense to everybody? It's a huge deal. You, can't, you won't get it until you understand the context he said it. Everybody back then went, oh, so you're going away to get the room ready. Interesting, isn't it? Do you know the reason Jesus didn't set up residence here on earth then? Because if he had set up residence here on earth then, your soul would not be saved now. It took the cross to save your soul. And he knew that he was going to have to die to buy you as his beloved. And then he was going to go away and get your room ready. I'm going away to prepare a what? What do we say the word was? Place for you. So let's talk about heaven, this place that he went away to get ready for us. You know, just think how bad it would have been for Anne if I would have had to go get her place ready and built it myself. That wouldn't have turned out well, all right? And so that wouldn't have been cool. So let's talk about, let's talk about that place, ready? Principle number one, here's what we know about heaven. It is a place where God lives and God rules. We know that. So we're going to do a basic today, and then every week we'll dive a little further and further into the story. Uh, Steve and I were talking before I walked up here. The hardest part is not covering it all this week. I just want to tell you everything, and I can't. I got I to stay in my lane this week. 
in my, whose house? Who was it say there? Father's house. It is a place where God rules and reigns. So Paul, who authored the majority of the New Testament, and wrote so many of the epistles that encourage us and, and, and help us. He said this, since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. So let's think about this real quick. A couple big words in that. Set your gaze, set your thoughts, set your mind, set your heart on the reality. How many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly, has anybody heard, fill it in? Good, right, you ever heard somebody say that? You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Really, the phrase could say, you're so earthly-minded, you're no heavenly good, right? There's a positive about setting your sights on where this father of yours lives, this heavenly father. Why? I want you to write a word out beside number one. Ready? The word's perspective. It gives you perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, in our brains and in our lives, we feel like we are going to live here forever. You are not going to live here forever. You're not. The longest life you can live on this earth, whatever it is, say you live to be 110, is that big in the span of eternity. Paul says to set your sights on the reality of heaven where Jesus sits at the right hand of his Father. It is a place where God lives and God rules. Psalm 132 or 123.1, Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven, where you, was what the psalmist said, where you Rule. I want you to just write a little frame and I'm going to move on. God is in charge. Would you write that down? God is in charge. We look at this world and we feel like it's, I just, it's hard to watch the news because this world's wacky. It's crazy. Seems like it's all bad news. We said, is, is anybody in charge? Yeah, God's in charge, and one day we'll see. He's got it. And what doesn't make sense here, one day will make sense. Heaven is where God rules and where God reigns. Point number two, ready? Heaven is a real place. It's real. If it were not so... I would have told you that I go prepare a place for you. If it weren't going to be anything after this life, guys, I'd have let you in on it. 
But the reality is, I'm going to prepare. I know you don't get it. I know you don't understand it. But there's a reality of heaven. Here's things that are talked about in heaven. I want you to write these down. These are little pictures into where we're going in the coming weeks. It talks about streets. It talks about streets. It talks about houses or dwelling places. In fact, that word, prepare a place for you, in, in the Greek it means mansions. And, and literally that meant abode or dwelling place. He went away to prepare something for us. There's meals talked about in heaven. The beautiful part about the meals in heaven, there's no calories or, isn't that nice? I know that Chick-fil-A's peach milkshake will be in heaven. There is no doubt about that. Because that is glory. That is just glory. It, I want you to write down two other thoughts. It's both, it's both physical and spiritual. It's physical, meaning it's a, it's a physical reality. So i got to tell you what heaven's not. Heaven is not you're floating endlessly on a cloud forever. That's not heaven. Nowhere is that heaven, other than pictures and movies. Nor, I don't think, in heaven you're going to see fat baby angels floating around playing harps. That's not reality. It is a both physical and spiritual place. Why is it spiritual? Because it's beyond this reality. So Paul that wrote the, wrote the majority of the New Testament, he said, he said he was taken up in the third heaven. The heaven, we have the heaven that we see on earth, the sky. Friday night was one of the prettiest skies I've ever seen. If you were out and about, Friday night was one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. And then you have the, the galaxies and the Milky Way and all that. That's the second heaven. The third heaven that he said he was called up to is that spiritual reality. We can't, we can't put eyes on it. But he said, I saw it. I'm not allowed to talk about it. We know John saw it. We're going to reference the Apostle John a lot during this series because John was at his end of his life, was able to get a glimpse and a take on what was to come. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's not. It's not mythical. It's not just imagination. It's not just, well, they're hanging on to something. It isn't really reality. Let me tell you what heaven is. I want you to write down this word. Ready? Heaven is hope. Listen, this earth will deal you some blows. If it were not for the hope of heaven, I don't know what we would have. It's a place that God rules and reigns, and it is a real, literal place. Scripture says this, and a lot of you, I've stood in a service with you. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with God. There is no soul sleep. There is no purgatory. There is no, Mike, I grew up hearing about purgatory. It's not reality. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, period. I believe the minute you close your eyes here, you open your eyes there. And you're going to think you won the publisher's clearinghouse, all right? Because the best of life is the worst of heaven. Think about that. The best of life is the worst of heaven. And the worst of life is just a glimpse of hell. Neither 
paints a, a real picture. There's a reality to it. It's a, it is a real prayer. There, there used to be a great speaker and pastor named D.L. Moody. He said, soon you'll read in the newspaper that I am dead. Don't believe it. But for a moment, and in a moment, I'll be alive forever. Point number three, it is designed for us. I have gone to prepare a place for you. Would you write a little word under number three? And the word is personal. It's interesting the way he phrased that. I have gone to prepare a place for you. It's personal. The best of life is a shadow of heaven. How many of you have ever been somewhere and you gasped at the beauty of something? You saw it and you're like, and you're trying to describe it to somebody and you just can't put it into words. How many of y'all have ever done that? Can you imagine what heaven is? It's personal. He's going to prepare a place for us. Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. God wasn't lonely or bored. He wanted you there. He sent his son so you can experience the realities of heaven. Finally, point number four, it'll be better than we can imagine. It'll be better than we can imagine. Oh, man, Paul said something. It's probably one of my favorite little phrases in all the New Testament. I want everybody to look up at the screen so you don't have time to turn over there, 1 Corinthians. He said, no eye has seen. Think about the things we've seen in this world. The Grand Canyon, a beautiful ocean, a sunrise, a sunset, a child born. Listen to what he said. No eye has seen nor ear has heard, which paints a pretty good picture, but the next phrase is the one that gets me. And no mind has ever, what's the next word? Now that'll catch you up a little bit. There's some beautiful places in the world that I haven't seen. Remember my vacation all right, growing up, my vacations growing up went from Atlanta, Panama City. All right, Atlanta, St. Simons. I, I didn't travel a lot as a child. There's a lot of this world I have not seen. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, or your mind has ever imagined. At your wildest thoughts, at your biggest imagination, it's here and you got here. It's like trying to explain the galaxy to an ant. Their mind can't comprehend it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has. What's the next word? Help me out again. What God has what? For those that love him. 
We think when someone leaves this earth, they lose. Oh, no, ladies and gentlemen, we lose. They win. Here's the most important thing about heaven. Jesus will be there. Most important thing. Yesterday at the wedding, we, um, my nephew, and I did the little beginning of the wedding, the charge. I've done hundreds and hundreds of times. And there, there's a little statement in there. I said, in, in, in present today are those family members that have invested in your life and walked beside you through the journey thus far. Then I said, I, there's some that aren't here today. And I, and there were some from the little girl's side and my parents from Zach's side. And I told Ann, I said, just pray I don't get choked up when I say their names. But you know what made me smile? They're better off than we are. They're just getting started. I think sometimes we um, make heaven into what it's not. Oh, it's going to be boring. You have no clue. I have no clue. I'm going to tell you all this, and you're going to get there and go, Mike didn't even do it justice. We could spend a year on it. Friday night, Mary Michael, our daughter, lives over in Gwinnett. It's an hour away, but it's far enough. We don't get to see her a lot. She hadn't been home since August. She texts her Thursday night, so she texted Ann earlier in the week and said, I'm going to come home this weekend for the wedding and, and come over and spend the all-day Friday with you, and then... We'll all drive over to the wedding on Saturday, then I'll just drive back to where I live in Gwinnett and Ann and Casey could ride back with me. And so we were so excited about her getting home Thursday night. And her and Ann had their day planned all day Friday, and they were gonna stimulate the Ackworth and Kennesaw economy a little bit and, and get their, you know, all the all the stuff they can get done. And so I went to the we have just something we do around our house, but she has her favorite flowers is a sunflower. It's her favorite flower. And I went Wednesday to Kroger. We don't spend a lot of money on expensive stuff, but I went to Kroger. They had them right there at the front. And I bought her some sunflowers. And I knew Friday morning, I knew her favorite order from Arts. Because when she got home, I wanted to welcome her home and have everything just right for her. We'd count down those minutes. She got to the house Thursday night. She didn't leave over there at almost 11 o'clock, and she had an event, and she drove over. And we had everything ready, waiting on her to come home. Ladies and gentlemen, God gets it ready for you, for you to come home.
Heaven's real, buddy. Mike, I'm never good enough to get there. Mike, I haven't lived good enough to get there. Good, welcome to the club. None of us have. And that's why Jesus came. So you could know him and he could pay away into something you and I don't deserve. Because someday soon, it's going to be reality. Would you pray with me? You may have walked in here today and somebody told you about it, or you may not, you didn't have any idea what we're talking about. Today you're sitting there thinking, Mike, I don't know if I if I'm gonna be there. I've done nothing in this life to deserve heaven, nor has any person who has ever lived. None of us deserve heaven. It is by grace that we're saved. You may go here today, Mike, and and, and you say, Mike, I I want to know. I want to know that's going to be my reality. I want to know that one day that will be my home. And I won't be separated from God forever. I will be with God forever. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Could I? It's the welcome home prayer. It's the prayer I prayed at 14, but people prayed last week. It's not the words, it's heart, Father. You pray this? I need you. I believe you live for me. Did you pray that? I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Lord and Savior. I give you me today. Today, you prayed that prayer with me. A little card on the corner of your worship guide, you can pull it off and write on it and say, Mike, I accepted Christ and put your name and number, or you can text the number that's up on that screen right now. You can take a picture of it, text it in a few minutes, because we want to celebrate with you and tell you what's next. Welcome home. Maybe today you say, Mike, I believe... I'm a Christ follower, but uh, man, I haven't been living, as Paul said in Colossians, with the realities of heaven. Would you pray for me? That I will set my sights on those things and not on the things here? Would you just take a second and let the Lord talk to you? Would you?